Welcome to episode 12 of season seven of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today I'm going to have a big surprise because I'm actually having a an official publisher <laughs> on the show for the season about writing a book that built your business. And today I'm going to be speaking with Jesse Finkelstein. And Jesse is a co-founder and principal at Page Two in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And she is going to be giving you all kinds of great information on what a publisher looks for, how they work at page two, and, you know, some best practices on how to get your first or next book going so it builds your business. Let's go ahead and talk with Jesse. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Hey, Jesse, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. How are you doing today? I feel great today, Terry. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. You know, I got to say something to my listener for a second. So Jesse and I just like have this great strategy of how we're going to tackle the content that we got to cover today. And I almost feel like we need to do this podcast in two parts because she has so much information that's going to help you of all the episodes this particular season. Jesse represents the first publishing company and uh, Jesse's going to be able to give you all kinds of great info regarding your strategy, how to make a choice for a particular publisher, and then we're just going to go from there. So I just want you to know that this is like super special and I'm really excited about having her. So Jesse, let's do it. Right. Let's bring it for my listener. Um, let's go ahead and start by tackling strategy. So you and I had mentioned, uh, or you had mentioned actually, that you wanted to kind of show the, the or explain the spectrum of publishing from the standpoint of options. Because as we all know, whether we're writing our first book or our next book, we have so many options on how we can get published, whether we self-publish, whether we go to Kinko's and have it all printed up and handed out, or whether we go and approach uh, an agent to go to one of the Seven Sisters and do something very traditional, or we look at something like page two books and see what kind of options are there. And since this is focusing on helping my solopreneur listener really build their business by positioning themselves as an authority through writing books. This is your sweet spot, my dear. So I'll take it, turn it over to you. Thanks so much, Terry. It's, it's great to be here. And I, and book publishing really is no different. That's something very foundational that uh, when I think about how the industry works and the ways in which we like to actually innovate within the industry. Um, to, I think so many people think of book publishing as this mysterious behind the scenes Wizard of Oz type of, um, you know, magical scenario. And Trina and I felt very mm -hmm. firmly, actually, not only does it not have to be that way, but in fact, solopreneurs, um, entrepreneurs, innovators, people who are interested in publishing a book 
as an extension of what they do in the world um, really should be thinking about strategy first and they and they really should think about publishing as a true extension of the other work that they're doing in the world uh, not as something necessarily apart now don't get me wrong we think and in fact we know that it's incredibly special publishing a book is like nothing else and uh and it's and and by that i mean your it could be an ebook an audiobook a print book it's not even necessarily about the form but that idea of expressing like distilling your thought leadership into this long form piece of content that we all call a book and that we know makes you an author is special and it's different from blog posts and articles and everything else you might do but it's still something that for the for your listeners is deeply connected and should dovetail with everything else that they're doing and so from from our point of view we love the thought of demystification yeah. the the idea of the publishing industry being this ivory tower experience that only happens to people who are sort of lucky mm -hmm. enough to be chosen by a publisher is something that we find is obsolete it it doesn't make sense anymore in a landscape where the publishing tools are increasingly available to all of us if we know how to use them right and that last part of what i just said that's really the strategy what does right mean to you so from our perspective and certainly my personal point of view is that there are many different great ways to get published and the key is knowing what are what do you need and want to get out of the experience and how can you strategically make sure that that happens i'm going to pause there and see if you have some questions terry that will help me um you know really direct any further explanation of the foundations to your listenership yeah, I, 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 well, first of all, the bell rung loud and clear when you said, when you kind of modeled that traditional ivory tower that you believe is obsolete. Because when I entered the learning space about what does it take to be a published author, um, it was very intimidating. And this was back in 2007 when I wrote my first book, which was a memoir. Talk about one of the. <laughs> toughest genres to no start kidding. with, <laughs> especially when pretty much nobody but my family and a close circle of friends really knew who I was. Oh. And I I did a ton of research and I was thoroughly intimidated uh, by that whole experience. So that was really kind of like it was hitting some emotional chords from the past of everything that I went through. And thank God that I was able to you know, have access to self-publishing companies. And I found Author House mm -hmm. at the time and uh, went with them. But I did all the work and they just kind of gave me a print on demand piece of, you know, product, mm -hmm. as you said, uh, for the format. And uh, OK, great. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I, I did pursue um, trying to find an agent for like some of my next books, going to New York, going to book uh, writers conferences, um, you know, the only thing I didn't do was a um, a book mm -hmm. proposal because I couldn't even find an agent who was interested 
in my initial proposal, which is, you know, just usually a high level thing. And so it was uh, it was very discouraging mm-hmm. for me. And I think that there are a lot of authors or a lot of experts or solopreneurs or people <laughs> who want to, you know, dip their toe into creating this work uh, for themselves that they're very excited and passionate about, whether it relates to their business or not. And it is. It's an impossible journey for someone who just has no understanding of what that is. So knowing that what you just shared about strategy and about page two books, you know, and your your and Trina's position as far as what you guys are up to creating and solving with the company that you've put together really addresses that. And it and it makes me excited because I've just recently come to know you through some of my other guests and I'm like dying to give you my next book. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> you know, I'm dying to read it. I'm so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm just like, I, I want to give myself the opportunity to do something that's much more supported and, and professionally mm-hmm. produced from a holistic standpoint. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, I can write it. I can design the cover. I can, you know, be intentional about all that. That to me as the creator is the mm-hmm. easy part. It's everything else that goes around it. And that's why I wanted to do this season on writing a book that builds your business. To me, it's almost like a, a, a way for me to express the things I've learned being a solopreneur, as well as how I've been working with my clients and what I chronically see them struggling with day after day after day. And I just wanted to create something that soothed that sore. And so that's kind of how I feel about it. But everything else around that, like making the book a success, uh, doing a launch, all of these other things, I, I know that my listener would, would want to understand those wraparound aspects that help a book be more of a commercial success, whether that's financially, which is kind of more of a straightforward thing, which I have not made hardly any money on my books, I will be perfectly yeah. honest. I've sold a bunch, but, you, you know, I've only made like a quarter every book that sure. gets sold. But um, but in addition to a commercial success, be a, a success for them building their authority in the marketplace and their legitimacy and their voice, because there are so many intangibles that come from the experience of having a published work that serve a business owner in many ways. So maybe you could kind of unpack some of those other things. I don't really want to get in the weeds about manuscript and proposals Mm -hmm. and the art of writing or the the top. I don't really want to talk about that. I want to talk about the stuff Mm -hmm. around it that connects the the Mm -hmm. work to that solopreneur getting their book out there in the world and having it leverage their business and work with their business and build that authority. Because I think that's what a lot of my listeners are yeah. looking for in in going down this path. Well, let's talk about models and mindset and how those two things intersect. Um, and I will say as a starting point that while page two has a very particular model, and I'm excited to describe that a little bit more here with you, But I also am really keen and very passionate about people finding the right model for them, right? And Mm -hmm. our specific model serves certain people perfectly, and other people should seek out a different model. And and there are specific reasons for that. So so let's talk about the different models first, and then let's talk about mindset. And I think your listeners can 
then figure out where they sit on that spectrum and and that might help lead them in the right direction um so in terms of models we I, i think you know most people know that if you look, if you want to look at both ends of the spectrum, there's pure self-publishing, which is Terry. I think really what you are describing, where it's very much you're figuring out as the author and expert, you're figuring out not only how to write your book, but you're also figuring out every other piece of the puzzle yourself, how you get mm-hmm. to market, what platforms you're going to use, etc. And then on the very other end of that spectrum is traditional publishing where in the most the most classic example, I think, is you find an agent uh, who gets behind you and your work and who helps to sell that manuscript to a publisher, and then the publisher licenses the rights to that book. Um, that's usually for the full term of copyright. And I'm mentioning this because it's utterly critical for many of the people we serve. Um, a license means that you are granting the right to publish that book for you know, if the book stays in print for your whole life and beyond, it, it could be a very long time, right? So, mm-hmm. so the, the publisher will license your rights um, and the publisher will pay to produce the book and market and distribute. And they may pay you in advance on royalties or they may just pay you a royalty depending on what their model looks like. And uh, a royalty in the traditional publishing landscape is usually about eight to 10% of the retail price, depending on the format. So that's, that's how that works, really. The publisher in that mm-hmm. mod, in that, on that end of the spectrum is completely in control of all of the different publishing decisions, everything from pricing to timing to cover design to um, the, the entire strategy is in their hands. And as the author, you're consulted in the best case, but the publisher usually has the right to make the final decisions. In the pure self-publishing model, of course, you are in the driver's seat across the board. Then we have in the middle what most people know as hybrid publishing, and my company page two falls in there as well. So within a hybrid model, typically the author maintains either complete control of the process and makes all the final decisions, and retains their rights, uh, or there's some kind of in-between where um, the author may may retain certain aspects of the creative control, but maybe the publisher, there's some kind of shared experience there where the publisher might also drive um, some of those decisions as well. Uh, And so that's why it's called hybrid, because it's a little bit in-between. Sometimes from a revenue standpoint, there's also... Uh, a a revenue share where the publisher and the author invest mutually and then there's some kind of split um, on sales. And so to to speak to that to begin with, as you can see from the different ways this can play out, I think from the perspective of your listeners, there's the the idea of choice and self-determination might be very important or it might not depending on what their needs and goals are. Um, For a solopreneur, my understanding after working with many, many, many of you over the years is that the idea of choice is critically important and the idea of self-determination is really important too. So you're showing up every day and choosing yourself in everything you're doing. 
You choose to build your business. You choose to promote yourself in a certain way. You choose to create the course material that you're bringing into the world and everything else that you might be writing and building and producing and launching. To from, from the perspective of page two, and this is where mindset comes in, right? We, we really honor that spirit and we believe in it passionately. And from our point of view as publishers, we are really, we find a lot of joy in, in supporting people who are, um, who, are, who are running their businesses that way and who have that mindset of choice. It, from a publishing standpoint, we wanted to set up a publishing entity that would really allow our authors complete creative control, um, retention of their rights, so total flexibility in what you choose to do with that, I'm going to call it that entity, because it starts as a manuscript, but maybe it becomes course material as well. Maybe it becomes a keynote speech that you're going to give. Maybe it becomes some other app or a product of some kind. And one thing we hated in traditional publishing, uh, Trina and me, it was having to say no to some to an mm. expert entrepreneur from whom we had licensed rights and we were publishing to the best of our ability, we were publishing their book. But when the author came and said, okay, I'm ready to produce this other product and I wanted to use a bunch of my own content and we had to say, mm, that might be in violation of your non-compete in your contract. Wow. Honestly, th that was th that was quite a joyless experience as you can imagine. Yeah, I bet. So, so from, bet. from that perspective, there are many authors who like the idea of the publisher being in the driver's seat because they're, they feel that they're busy and they're up to other things. And if you can find the right publishing partner with the right mindset, it can be a fantastic experience. I worked in 15 years for traditional publishing. I've been an agent. I've been on the publishing side, the acquisition side. I've sold rights. I've kind of done, uh, you know, many, many different parts of that process. And, and I have seen it work beautifully many times. But increasingly, as we've, as you know, technology has improved, access to market is has improved as well, and media has shifted, we just see that a publisher really should be making a strong case to you for why you should work with them. Um, and so from the perspective of mindset, I would just say from from the perspective of your listeners, it's really up to them to decide, I think, what are the trade-offs involved? Is it important to me to have someone else kind of run the show um, in as and, and the trade-off being, of course, that the publisher not only is kind of in the driver's seat, and that might give you some comfort, but also um, the publisher is also paying to produce the book. So your earnings on the back end might be relatively small, but on the other hand, maybe that trade-off is worth it to you. Um, if, we, right. if we flip that and look at uh, a hybrid or a self-publishing experience, there are many people, I think, many of your listeners who might find that those trade-offs are not worthwhile. And in fact, if you are showing up every day and choosing to produce your work in other formats, it might seem like a very natural extension to produce your work in book form um, with, from the to choose yourself in that respect and 
to really retain ownership and creative control of your work in book form the way you do everything else. So if that's a really natural fit and an important fit, uh, it might be worth considering a hybrid or a self-publishing approach. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Whether you want to write a book to help build your business or it's simply a passion project, writing is a powerful form of creative self-expression. If your ideas will transform the lives of others, what are you waiting for? Let it pour out of you. A writer's journey is just that, a journey. Be honest, be real, and most importantly, be yourself. But if you're struggling to get it done, confused about how to tie it into your business, or dealing with a chronic creative block, get the guidance to get it done. If you want the creative fuel, the nurturing, and the challenge to make your book the best it can be, Pappy Club is the place for you. Join Pappy Club and discover how you can express your perspectives through something that strengthens your brand, your business, and supports the lifestyle you want. Try it for free by visiting pappyclub.com, and that's P-A-P-P-Y-C-L-U-B.com to sign up now, and I'll see you there. Yeah, that was great. I really appreciate you kind of unpacking that the way you did. Um, and I think that knowing that those options are available, it you know, to me, the whole traditional route, just as based on the experience I already sh- earlier <laughs> talked about, is just so unappealing. I don't know why anyone ever does that anymore from the standpoint of what's available in the marketplace now, not only just self-publishing, but hybrid uh, publishers uh, such as Page Two. And I think that what what I'd like to cover next is what are some of the expectations that you can help create if we look at the process? Like, let's say we have, I mean, let's let's just use my example, right? So I've yeah. I've written and published self published mm-hmm. six books. I've written mm-hmm. seven, but I've only self published six. Mm-hmm. They're all nonfiction. They're all you know just well the one memoir. The rest are kind of self help business creative mm-hmm. books. And the one that I'm I'm curious uh, about exploring in a different publishing model is my next one, which is called Flying Solo. And it's, believe it or not, it's kind of part memoir, part self-help guide for solopreneurs. And it's one of two that I want to do. The second one is, is going to be titled Soaring Solo. And that's more about the spiritual, the creative, uh, fulfilling side of being a solopreneur. And I've just, you know, I just am so passionate about solopreneurism and I feel that solopreneurs are going to save the economy <laughs> and awesome. put life back into business for us. Love it. Um, there's always going to be room for the the mega corporates, but um, I believe that the cottage industry that is solopreneurism is is alive and growing and thriving, uh, even in a, an economy that we're facing today. And so for me, I want to express that I have these kind of like books that are in there bugging me, ready to come out. It's been seven years since I've written my last one and I'm I'm well overdue. <laughs> like I'm like oozing at the seams going, Terry, you need to just, if I wasn't so busy in my business and launching Pappy Club and doing all these crazy things, yeah. I'm sure I would be sitting at my computer working on, uh, you know, my first draft. So I got the idea. I know it's going to dovetail into the work I do because it's all about my ideal client, all about my audience, all about what I'm most passionate about. And for me to take that, if I was just to do what I did before, I would 
lay out the book. I'd get it edited. I have a, a friend who's an, a line editor. I don't know if she's the right editor for me, but she's done editing in the past. Um, she came out of newsprint, so she didn't come through a traditional book publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I needed somebody at the time. And sure. so, uh, you know, there are things that I did when I created these books that I look at now as I don't know, out of necessity or shortcuts that just to get it out there, because I didn't have the money to uh, invest in in publishing, especially when I didn't really have a strategy on how to get it into the marketplace when I was such a small business at the time. And my business has changed a lot since then. And so when I look at these two books that I have, and I would consider something like uh, working with a hybrid publisher such as yourself or another similar type company, what are some of the things that you could, using my example, um, to manage the expectations if my listener was actually experiencing the same thing, you know, considering, okay, I've got my book in my head, I'm ready to go. Should I do this traditional? Should I do self-publishing? You know, and just basically create the manuscript and upload it to like create space Amazon, which isn't even around anymore, you know? So, yeah. you know, maybe I should just do a Kindle or just do a big ebook or, you know what I mean? It's just okay. like, I don't want to spend money on this because I don't know if it's going to come back on the other side or all of these kinds of questions that are, are really influencing that strategy mm-hmm. when, you know, what I want to do is like, I just want to like take money out of my retirement and just throw it at the book and say, I want to do this right this time. <laughs> I love it. And I won't let you do that either. Thank you. I really do want to speak to the financial part of the model directly. Um, And I know this is something that you and your listeners are, you know, that you you really place a lot of value on being direct and honest and um, very transparent about issues of money. It's really important in the publishing industry. Well, it's important to us that we demystify that part of the process too. There isn't, um, you know, it, it's not a, a magical, mysterious process that allows a book to succeed in most cases. And look, I worked at the publisher that published one of the um, editions, territorial editions of Harry Potter. So I have actually seen a magical, mysterious <laughs> process, but th- that isn't total outlier. So let's yes, just look absolutely. at that and set it aside. That's like winning the lottery is mm-hmm. what happened in that case. Mm-hmm. And um, and I can say that from the inside as well. There, those are great books. It's a great series. There were a ton of other great series at the time. So what is it that makes that strike a chord? Um, from the perspective of the kinds of authors page two works with, which is really your listener base, right? People who are thought leaders and entrepreneurs and subject matter experts and solopreneurs who are writing usually nonfiction in their space, um, whether it be kind of memoir based lived experience, or whether it be informational practical books or something in between, like what you're describing. Um, It's, there is a certain degree of market intelligence that you have as an author that the publisher doesn't have. Mm. The pu- no matter who that publisher is, um, good publishers, and, and this is I, I include page two in, on this list, we can do a, a ton of market research up to the minute information we can gather about competitive titles, complementary books in the landscape, how books are selling, 
how they're being marketed. There's lots we can share with our authors, and we do. We do this analysis, and it's rigorous and thoughtful. But if we use your example, Terry, what, what we don't know as the publisher it, is, you know, what are you hearing daily from your, uh, from your teams, from people in your network, from your audience, your listeners, from people you're working with and your clients? Uh, what do they need? What are they looking for? And what makes a great book in your category is one, first of all, that it's got to light you up. If you're going to publish a book and really put that kind of effort and investment into it, you have to want to be like, it's got to get you up in the morning and haul you right out of bed. And you have yes. to be burning with desire to share this message with the world. <laughs> um, I know you are, but when often authors will say, well, I have a few different book ideas. What do you guys think we should do? Interesting. And I can say, well, I can tell you which books in that category sold better than others. But honestly, if you're not going to have that burning desire for that topic, but mm -hmm. you have another topic you can legitimately write about and you have the authority to do, and that's the one you're just kind of lit up by, let's start there. And yeah, then, for sure. So let's start there and then let's look at what your communities of interest really need. It's amazing how if you use that, that one statement as the guiding light behind all of your publishing decisions, it's a tr it's the best guide you can use on everything like big picture strategy, you know, your, your communities of interest, where, where are they getting books? Where mm -hmm. are they buying them? Where, what formats are they reading? You have access to your own networks and markets and you can tell us. So we believe that the best possible result of a pub, you know, the best possible publishing strategy really lies at the intersection of those two things, a knowledge of what of best practices in publishing and then your market intelligence in your area. And, and if you peer into those things and throw, well, I won't say throw out, let's, let's, let's be visionary in our passion and vision for this book, but also let's set aside the mystical notions and let's get really concrete about what your goals are, what you want to achieve and what we can, what we can try to achieve together with some, with a reasonable degree of certainty and confidence. Let's look at that. And, and to be concrete about that, Terry, if we were to work together, we, we would start with a kickoff meeting. We would ask you about those needs and goals. And then we could dig into how, how, could, how could we actually execute on that? So if your goals are return on investment, we might start by looking at what we could expect from a book in your category, from someone in your position out in the broader book selling landscape. But we would also simultaneously ask you about what direct access do you have to your markets? Mm -hmm. um, what's your listenership? What kind of conversion rate could we expect from those listeners? Uh, what kinds of direct sales opportunities could we find? Are you doing speaking? Are you doing keynote engagements? Could we look at doing bulk sales? Um, and could we estimate, let's look at a 12-year plan uh, so, sorry let's look at a 12-month plan overwhelming i know <laughs> <laughs> this is one thing i can say i try not to blame too much on covid but i will say my pandemic brain is um time is uh, is elastic let's say let's look yes. at a 12-month plan for um how many 
how many workshops might you do where we could sell books? And look, let's, we're in COVID. Our authors are now looking at promoting and selling ebooks directly. So let's build that into your profit and loss statement. Mm -hmm. And where is your break even? Let's look at that together in really concrete terms. Um, if your goals have to do with marketing, maybe there are some, you, you need the book to get into the hands of some very specific influences influencers in your landscape mm -hmm. and maybe there are some upcoming milestones um, could be a, a big conference it could you know who knows something in your world that's really key and it's important for you to have advanced copies of your book for that event to get into the hands of specific people who then might hire you to do x or y though that's a totally different strategy we're still going to put the same amount of professional um, excellence into the editorial, the design, the production, um, but the marketing strategy, the fulfillment strategy for how books get there, the sales strategy, those things can really be uh, very tailored to what it is you're seeking to do as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur. Mm -hmm. And that's how we believe that books in in this category should really be done if you're in it if you share this mindset yeah and and those are two good aspects of goals you know whether they be revenue or whether they be marketing but there are, are others as well you know from the standpoint of how does it how does that book dovetail into and this might fall into the marketing category mm -hmm. but how does that book dovetail into helping an aspect of the business or a product in the business yeah. grow that's right. Or become more valuable because it's the book is actually part of that larger offering. And it's critical to kick off some of the other offerings uh, that are available. Like, for example, when we were talking about Bra uh, Brant Menzoir in his mm -hmm. Black Sheep book, mm -hmm. and he just had a launch, as you mentioned. And when I read his book, I told him, I said, Brant, I see all kinds of online courses and, you know, these, these side and like little baby sheep that are being produced by what his model is yeah. in his purpose-driven uh, philosophy that's, that unfolds in that book. And he is a keynote speaker mm -hmm. and uh, he told me, he says, uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so when I look at someone like Brandt, you know, I immediately think product, how does that, you know, spawn all of these other things that can be sources of revenue? Yes. And um, and that's how I kind of would like mine to, you know, just in this cursory conversation, would like to fit into uh, the business. You know, having it not be like, oh, I'm reliant upon this to, to deliver revenue. Well, that's a big ask. Yes. Um, it's a big ask. And but but if it can be designed so it fits into the larger scheme of offerings that a particular business, uh, solopreneur's business has created or their strategy to, to create more things as a result of it. Like I just launched this year, Pappy Club, which is a membership uh, subscriber service where people get access to me and my expertise as well as a lot of online training, but it's not a course and it's not, you know, so I'm bringing in all of these things that I find valuable that are vetted by me and that I know to work and that are based on all my models. And the the flying solo book that's in my head is a way for me to kind of 
bring it all together because it's not just learning the tactical aspects of being a business owner, like the marketing and the sales and all that. But it's it's really the like you mentioned earlier, the mindset, the uh, the softer skills Mm -hmm. and the essential skills Mm -hmm. that make being a solopreneur a truly rewarding experience, not Mm -hmm. just a knee jerk response to getting laid off or, you know, working for a hard, horrible boss that they <laughs> that they just quit, right? And yeah. so this is like a by design intentional choice that they're making. And so that's kind of how I, I look at how a book would work really well for a solopreneur and their business and help build their business to design it in such a way that it, it can be a viable legitimizer, authority builder, uh, like an extended voice of any kind of educational or informational or experiential uh, type of product that the solopreneur is already offering. Agreed. And I love that you've used Brent as an example because there are many different directions in which we could have taken that book and um, really tuning into what what Brent was trying to do with that book. You've You've tapped into some of that when it comes to the idea of branding and iconography for any of your listeners who want to go check out the book it's got this incredible um, very memorable uh, sheep on the cover the idea behind black sheep of course being that well I say of course I didn't realize this but but Brant told us at the beginning of our our working relationship a black sheep's wool can't be dyed you are who you are and uh, you are authentically that person so How do you dig into who you are in order to show up that way, design a life around your authenticity and your core values? So it's a beautiful concept. And the so the brand and the icon behind this concept is is so important Um, and it's important to Brandt and his business. So honoring that, we created a design concept and a format for the book. It's hardcover. It's got a silver metallic finish. It's not a big book. It's this beautiful kind of little gifty package. It's a gift mm-hmm. you actually want to give yourself and everyone around you. That's not necessarily the case for every book. There might be, you know, you yourself have done books that fit together as a series. We're talking right now with one of our authors who's, you know, sold a million copies of his books and is now looking. So, so you know, big kind of general hits out on the landscape, but who's thinking about a series of short and sweet, quick and dirty little guides that are have a totally different format, look, feel and strategy to the other books that he's published. And, And there are very specific reasons for doing that. So the key, you know, to come back to our conversation around models and money is think about your book the same way you think about the other products you're building. What is it that you need to put into it in order to get your return on investment? And what kind of investment are you making? And are you looking, what kind of return are you seeking? Mm -hmm. So what you've also hit on the idea of of the book as lead generator. That's something that you can be really um, specific about if you are, uh, if, if you're designing, let's say you're designing a, a, a course and you're designing material around the course how great would it be to start with um, working with your book publisher so that you're designing the course material while you're writing the book in some kind of very streamlined way. 
and artfully repurposing that content. Not, not, you know, and I say artfully, thoughtfully, it's not mm-hmm. to say that a book and the course are the same because of course you don't want them to be, you want people to, yeah. to find their way. They should compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And then buy their way into the program. So that's another way to look at the book as um, brand extension, as a marketing opportunity, but actually a sales tool mm-hmm. in lots of ways. And, and we can, we try to work with our authors to the best of our ability to help you measure that. Yeah, that can be challenging, but yeah. you know, I mean, it is an asset that you can measure. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, there's always going to be the those aspects that are so qualitative and subjective that you can't figure out how to measure them. But exactly. somehow we can. I've got a book on my bookshelf that says you can measure anything. So maybe nice. I have to go back and read that book again. Me too. <laughs> Me too. We'll get it for my whole team. Yes. Yes. It's actually a good book. It's I've had it up there for a long time. So, nice. um, well, this has been really, really helpful. And, you know, you what you shared today on this show, Jesse, has really made me think differently about what I want to do with with my book, believe it or not. And I'm always saying, well, I got my, you know what, together. And I know that I'm going this way and this is how I'm going to do it. And bop, bop, bop. Right. And yeah. you you've kind of opened you have opened my mind and, um, you know, almost given me a courageous pill, if right. you will, to, you know, to allow other people to contribute to me and what I'm trying to create for the people that I care about. And those are, I'm talking about you, my listener, uh, and all of my clients and members of Pappy Club, because they're, these are the people and, and those that are yet to find out about me, quite frankly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I care about that audience of mine. And I really want to to do it right. Not not that, as I mentioned before, not that I did it wrong before, but I want to do it better this time, I guess is a better mm-hmm. way to put it. And I'm so grateful for everything you've shared here and for inspiring me and enlightening me um, and my listener as well into the perspectives of a hybrid publisher such as Page Two. And uh, I'm going to have to have you back again on the show to talk more. Uh, Maybe we'll do some sort of expose as I go through my journey (laughs) with my next book with you. (laughs) Right. We'll we'll kind of hear (laughs) under the hood together and see what that might look like. Yeah, that's great. So thank you so much. Um, Do you have any parting thoughts that you'd like to share with the listener to give them that courageous pill so they take that step forward into writing their next book, their first or next book? But I would love to tell your listeners that they know more than they think. I can't mm. tell you how many times I'll have a conversation with some an expert who's really at the top of their game, who's running or building their business um, and knows their subject matter inside and out. And they'll say, I, I don't know the first thing about publishing and I don't know if my book's any good. And, mm. you know, so many other people have written in the subject area and it's crowded and noisy. And of course, it's good to have some humility. We all need it. And uh, we, that's an important element um, that's going to help us publish well, if we're really aware of what the opportunities and challenges are both. But I'm constantly saying, wait a minute, well, you've been working on this in the subject area for 20 years, you've got something to say. Let's really dig into what's unique about what you say and how you say it. And then let's try to find the best way to articulate it. And that's really what we do as book publishers. We ask the right questions that help to that help the author bring out 
the best in themselves, both in the manuscript and also in the way that the publishing journey plays out. So just remember that um, it's the publishing experience. It's really great if you can have excellent partners to help you do this. It's, it's hard to go it alone. And Terry, you, you experience that. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on absolutely. the other hand, if you can find some excellent partners, whatever that looks like to you, then the experience of publishing a book in your category is really at hand. And I would say just don't feel daunted. Really own your, your expertise and know that uh, that you can do this and you can do it well. I love it. Words of wisdom. And I'm just so excited we had you on the show today. Thank and, you. I love it. And I'm it. really super, super, super excited about working with you and, and just learning more about Page Two and your team and all that good stuff. Because the more I learn, the more I can share with my audience, my members, and my clients. So thank you so much, Jesse, for being here today. Thanks for the invitation. It's so much fun. Thank you, Terry. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.